Hey gorgeous, you are listening to the Live Courageously podcast, a show created just for you, the aspiring woman who's ready to take action and step into her courageous life. I'm your host, Nicole Coker, and my mission is to leave you feeling empowered to pursue your wildest dreams and equip you with the tools you need to live courageously. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Live Courageously podcast. Today I am overjoyed because I have the amazing Jalisa Tucker here. She's the marketing coordinator for the One Love Foundation. And One Love has such a special place in my heart because this organization is all about fighting against relationship abuse. And it is going to be an amazing conversation. You guys are going to learn so much and I just can't wait to get started. So welcome, Jaleesa. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to join. Um, by the way, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm super excited to talk to you about One Love and all the amazing things we have coming up this year. Yay. This is going to be such an amazing podcast episode for me personally. Um, before this episode started, we had talked a little bit about who we are and you know what we represent and I was telling Jaleesa about my story of being in a toxic relationship for six years and how I've had to overcome such a dark time in my life and we were talking about how you go through these situations and you have no clue that you're in an unhealthy relationship and seeing the signs and understanding them is so important especially in today's world with COVID-19 and everything there's a lot of people who are being isolated from friends and family and may not know that they need to be out of the situation because it could be really tough to leave something like that. Um, So today we're really going to uncover what One Love has to offer to the world and just let everyone know that they have the power and have the courage to leave situations such as that. And we're going to tell you how. So Jaleesa, so tell us a little bit about One Love, how it started and kind of what it represents. Ten years ago, a young woman named Yardley Love was killed by her ex-partner. Yardley had the world at her feet. You know, she was three weeks away from her graduation. Um, She was about to move to, you know, a new city and start her career. This was a person that was very much so, like, loved in her community. And at the time, no one knew, including her friends and family, that her relationship was toxic and potentially dangerous. So when she passed, it came out a huge shock to everyone. And essentially what her family decided to do was to make sure that young people just like Yardley knew those signs of an unhealthy relationship so that what happened to her would never happen to anyone else. And so One Love began out of a very tragic beginning, but, you know, something good came out of it. Exactly. Telling that story gives me chills because for me, myself, I was in that relationship for so long and there was points in that in the relationship where I didn't know what was going to happen next. You were walking on eggshells everywhere you go and you think, okay, I, I don't know if I go do this, am I going to get in trouble for it because they didn't like what I did or even getting to see family and things like that. I'm, I'm, I feel like the story it's heartbreaking because you never know what's going to happen to someone who's in an unhealthy relationship. And the fact that they don't know that they're even in it is even more scary. Um, And 
I'm just so incredibly grateful that I have found one love and been able to use it to understand what the unhealthy relationship signs are, because I don't even know where I would be today had I not had the courage to leave that situation and had that support group around me. I feel for the family that had to lose someone to now advocate for something. But I think it's so special though, because in her memory, we're able to help so many young women across the world get out of these situations. So many people. Yardley's story is important for a lot of different reasons. You know, Yardley being a college student, we realized that, you know, she would never have identified as a victim. And at the time, you know, the only conversations, you know, 10 years ago surrounded this conversation around domestic violence, obviously. And I think that, you know, Yardley herself would never have associated with that word, domestic violence, perpetrator, um, victim. And so that's why, you know, Yardley's story is very important for us for many reasons, not just because it's the way we started, but because we realized that we, through Yardley, we really needed to speak to all the Yardleys of the, the world and um, speak to young people in a language that they can understand. And that means all young people, right? So, yeah. you know, whether you are a male or female, I think what's interesting about One Love is that, you know, we talk about this in a language that you might feel comfortable hearing it. And we talk to all genders as well. So that's another thing that's really important to kind of note here. For sure. And for me personally, for years when I was in this relationship, I was like, there's so many people in this world that are experiencing worse than I am, aka physical assault, things like that. And I always thought of that being relationship abuse, that being domestic violence, everything that was associated with it had to be worse than what I was going through. So it was always something that I kind of strayed away from, like, I'm not a victim. I, I wasn't abused in any way. Like, I don't like the worst, the word abuse just feels extreme to me. And it had for so many years, which is why I had never really had the courage to tell my story because I was like, there's so many people in this world who are in what much worse situations than I am in. But the fact that one love makes everyone feel like they are all in the same, obviously there's different levels of this, but one love makes everyone feel that they belong and that their story means a lot. And it doesn't mean just because you weren't physically abused or something along those lines, you still have lasting effects that scar you forever from being in situations like this. So I'm really grateful that One Love has educated me personally on the different ways that relationship abuse occurs and that everyone is affected in some way. That is an important thing to highlight. You know, One Love has many um, pieces of video content that we use to educate people with, but only one of them deal with physical abuse. And there's a reason for that, right? Because I think that so many of us have grown up believing that in order to be in an unhealthy situation or an abusive one, there has to be physical abuse present. And so there's a whole education um, we do with people around the escalation of abuse. You know, what are those signs? What are those behaviors that happen way before physical abuse happens? Or if it never happens, what are those signs and, and what are those tactics that abusers will use? And I, they're just as important as physical abuse. I won't say that they're more important, but just as important. All, all of these signs are incredibly important to your point because they have such a lasting effect on the person on the receiving end of them. And we really do feel that if you know what these signs are, you will get out before it becomes worse. Or 
if you are someone who is doing these behaviors, if you're just unhealthy, I'm not talking to, you know, abusers, if you're just unhealthy, maybe you're a little manipulative sometimes in your friendships, this is something that you can correct within yourself over time um, with consistency. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. And I just, I'm glad that One Love is opening the conversation beyond physical abuse because for me it started off and you know you don't think about it whenever you're first there because everything's extreme at the beginning they're like oh i love you so much let's do everything together let's do this let's do that and then all of a sudden you become attached and for me that's how it was i was dependent on him for happiness i was like i have to be around him all the time because he makes me happy right and as things slowly started to progress more and more it became we would go to my family's house and within the first 30 minutes, he's like, okay, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's go do something. Let's go do something. And I'm just like, okay, like we just got here, you know? And it was like, you know, big events for family and stuff like that. And even to this day, he feels like he never did that. And I'm like, yes, you, you did. You took me from that because he still reaches out and he's like, let's, you know, go have lunch and let's do this. And I'm like, no, like, I don't want any part of, you coming back into my life because you took so much away from me because I was in high school and I barely got to see my family. I barely got to hang out with friends. He wouldn't allow me to hang out with the two friends that I had in high school that mean so much to me. And that ultimately had our relationship with my other friends kind of dissipate out because I wasn't able to really spend time with them other than being in classes together. Um, so just seeing all those little things that maybe when you're in the moment, you're like, okay, sure. Let's, you know, go grab, this is AK in the relationship as they're like pulling you away from a family event or something. And you're like, okay, well, sure. We can go just to appease and like make them happy and get out of the situation to not have an argument, you know, those type of things. But then once they continue to happen, they start to build up and then you realize all this time that I, I was missing out on being with family and friends and having those relationships because it was tough. It was tough whenever you had someone on one end who wanted to spend time with you, but because of someone else, they kept pulling you away from that. And I still regret almost the six years literally that I didn't get to spend with family. And I am forever grateful that God still has all of the people in my life that I do. I haven't had anyone very, very close to me pass away. And I'm just thankful that I'm now being able to make up that time that I lost during those six years. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, we often see this in relationships, this uh, in unhealthy relationships, you see this slow progression of unhealthy, you know, starting with, you know, you to your point at home, being at home with your partner, with your family and them kind of demanding, making, making this very small demand, you know, let's just go without really taking into account how you feel in this situation, right? There wasn't any equality, it sounds like, in mm -hmm. the relationship from the beginning. So that's a really important foundation or even respect even, like just respect, yeah. at, like being, you know, accommodating to your partner to an extent is really important. And it sounds like that wasn't there. Um, but yeah, we see that slow progression going from making minor demands to progressively bigger demands um, that then start to feel like, to your point, like your partner's taking away things. And it, they are really, they're taking uh -huh. away your freedom slowly but surely. Then it progresses from that to 
to like you said from your example like you can't go to this person's house or stay with this person because this person is going to be there and you know you can't hang out with family anymore because your partner wants to be with you all the time and I know before the call you were talking about how even in college you felt like you missed out on so much in the beginning because your partner was there every weekend or you were expected to come to them every weekend every weekend yeah yeah. And it, it, it's just crazy because I've, I just now graduated from Clemson a couple Saturdays ago, finally. Yay. Um, but I really Ooh. wish, yes, <laughs> I really wish that I could go back and take those years back because it was about a year and a half that all of that was going down. And it really hurts to know that I could have done so many more things had I not had to go home every weekend or not had to um, have someone by my side 24 seven. And it's so crazy to think because as a resident assistant at Clemson University, which is where I found what kind of situation I was really in because I had to go through a training in order to understand how to help my residents if they were in some sort of relationship abuse or unhealthy um, relationship of some type. And whenever we were going through all that and I was just checking off all of these boxes, it was just so crazy to think that I was the one in the situation and I was the one that needed help. And I'm very thankful that I was able to get that position. I, I really believe that God was like, you need this in your life because then I had that support group that I knew was going to be behind me no matter what decision I made because even them, they were noticing things and it it was kind of embarrassing to me to think that they were noticing how not so great my relationship was with this person, but to know that they were behind me no matter what and they had my back and they knew that when I needed something, they would be there um, is something I will definitely never forget. So I'm very grateful for that. That's incredible. Yes. <laughs> so now that we're kind of talking about how all of these things, you start noticing them and, and sometimes in college or it could be earlier than college. So tell us a little bit about the statistics behind the people that are affected by relationship abuse. Yeah. So one in three women, one in four men, and one in two trans or non-binary people will be in an abusive relationships. We have more statistics on our website, um, but these are just the groups that I wanted to highlight today. Um, And it's a scary thing. It's a scary fact to know that so many people, if you stand with your friends in a group of like just four, one in three or one in four of you will be in a relationship that's unhealthy and toxic. So it really does speak to how prevalent this issue is. I think the statistic for high schoolers also is like 1.5 million each year will experience some sort of unhealthy or abusive relationship. And so the need for education is there. I think the hunger for this information is there as well. Um, And so we're doing our best to get this information out to as many people as possible so that they know the signs of a toxic relationship before it becomes abusive. Exactly. And I think I was listening, I don't know if it was a interview with Gina Mellish or it was something on the One Love Instagram page, by the way, anyone listening, you got to go follow it because there are so many incredible tips and just resources out there that One Love provides. So be sure to follow them. But there was 
always this need, like when someone found out about One Love, let's say they were in college, they were like, oh, I wish I would have known this in high school. Or if they're in high school, they're, oh, I wish I would have known this in middle school. And the fact that you guys are making these, this information, whether it's the escalation videos or I, you guys just launched something new as well. So I'd love for you to speak to that. But everything is starting to become like, okay, we need to make this more relevant in the younger ages so that we can eliminate this issue earlier on than waiting and now we're in high school or now we're in college or even after college and we're just now finding out about these things but we wish we would have known a lot earlier so tell us a little about like the resources that one love provides to really help get this education across yeah so there are so many resources that we've created for this topic as you know, One Love is dedicated to improving the relationship health of future generations. And we do that in a few key ways. Um, we typically have these relationship health workshops, film-based workshops that we go out to communities and schools, um, high schools, colleges, middle schools across the country with. Obviously because of COVID, that's not possible. And so we've created an entire library of information that people can go to called the One Love Education Center. In the One Love Education Center, Center, you can get an education of sorts <laughs> and one loves curriculum on healthy relationships. You'll learn the subtle signs of abuse. You'll learn about emotional, mental, physical abuse, um, how to respond to that, what it looks like, feels like in a relationship, um, and how to get out if, if and when, you know, when needed, of course. Yeah. And the resource library is just insane with the amount of stuff. I recently, because now that I am officially been able to tell my story and understand where I'm at in life with everything, I want to become a facilitator of these workshops. So I've been in the One Love Education Center and I've kind of looked around. It's been a little crazy because of the pageant season here, so I haven't been able to fully invest. Um, but now that I'm home and I'm back, I'm ready to take on the challenge because this is an important issue that's so just, it just gets my blood going, you know what I mean? Like whenever I start hearing people talk about it, especially when I saw Gina Mellish starting to talk about this stuff. I, this is a funny story actually, because um, you know how Miss USA, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm sorry, we're just talking about Gina Mellish like everyone knows her. <laughs> Gina is Miss New Jersey USA, and she just competed for Miss USA a couple weeks ago, and she made top 10, but her entire being was spreading the information that one love has to offer because one love was what helped her realize what she was going through and that what she was going through wasn't right so one love helped pull her out of the darkness and i just think that is just so special the way that i found her was miss usa on instagram has lives and gina it was her day to do it and i have miss usa i've been following them but i hadn't watched any of them and then this one day, it was Gina Mellish, and that was the one day that I looked at, you know, the Miss USA Live and the Instagram takeover. And one of the first couple things that came out of her was that she had been in an abusive relationship, and that one love was her entire existence, because they were the people that really saved her from the darkest moments in her life. And y'all... I, I don't even know what to say because I was just immediately hooked and I just, I don't know, this whole different feeling came over my body. It was like somebody understands everything that she was saying from the point in her story where she was like, 
everything started off great. It was like this wonderful, beautiful relationship. And then all of a sudden it just started escalating super, super quickly. And then things started to show up in her life where it was unhealthy. And I don't want to go too much in depth because I will have Gina Mellish on my podcast very soon to explain this. Story. Oh, amazing. Yes. But it is just prevalent now that we're talking about this. Like I had to bring it up, but yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to say like, you know, Gina actually visited us. I think it was late last year or very, yes. yeah, it was late last year. She visited the One Love headquarters mm-hmm. um, and we had a whole day with her shooting footage and, and hearing her story, which is a very incredible story. So I'm excited for everyone to hear it. And, you know, when she was talking, I was just like, you know, Gina, you're going to help so many people because you are not just because of this, but she's this beautiful, confident person and not at all what people think when they think about this issue. And this goes back to Yardley's story. You know, a beautiful, confident person who had friends who loved her, family who loved her, all of these, these support networks and still was in an unhealthy relationship just because they didn't have the understanding of what they were in. You know what I'm saying? They had no idea what they were in or how, how dangerous it, it could be. And so it's important for you to talk, tell your story. It's important for Gina to tell her story. It's important for all of us, and especially you young people, to talk about this because I think it's going to help sort of demystify this a little bit more and help people see themselves um, more when it, as it pertains to this issue. Yeah, and I think it's so important for us as peers to talk about it because it can be, it's almost kind of like school whenever you hear your teacher say, oh, bullying is wrong or something like that. Like you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. But whenever you see someone who is your same age and who you can relate to in so many ways going through these things, you're like, wow, wait a minute. This is real. This is something that goes down. And this is something that I'm probably facing in some form, but I just didn't realize it before. So seeing her talk about her story and the fact that I reached out to One Love a year ago and wasn't ready to really fully commit And then seeing her talk about One Love and how it just transformed her into the woman she is today really just rekindled that fire within me to speak out against relationship abuse, start this podcast where I'm going to be talking about these things, and then starting this One Love journey where I'll be helping do some workshops. I'm going through the training now to get all of that started, so I'm very excited about that. But it's just so crazy how everything just kind of falls into place whenever you are passionate about something and passionate to help others really understand what they're going through. So I'm very, very thankful that I saw her story out of all of them, you know. (laughs) She's been an incredible supporter of ours. We we just love Gina Mellish so much. (laughs) Yes. I cannot wait to have her on too. And I know when she listens back to this, she's going to be so excited to hear that she has inspired it. I know she's inspired like millions at this point, but inspired me personally to continue that fight towards ending this um, relationship abuse that so many people go through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now we've kind of went from statistics to a little bit of story, back to statistics just a little bit (laughs) all over the place, but it's fine. So relationship abuse is even more prevalent now than ever before because of COVID-19. So how has all of that been for One Love? Yeah, um, there's been a few stories that have come out this year, especially towards the beginning of the year, when lockdown orders were in place. 
although I think everyone agrees that that was, you know, the best we could do or should do to s slow the spread of COVID and that should be the priority, you know, what we did see was a global rise in domestic violence. Suddenly people who normally, for lack of a better word, get a break from their partner when they go to work or go out to do this or that, couldn't do that anymore. They exactly. were socially distancing and quarantine with an abusive partner. And it became much harder for them to find help to get away from their partner. And so there's, there's certainly been a global rise in domestic violence because of this issue. It's just so scary to think that I couldn't imagine. I'm very grateful that I have been able to leave the situation. I've been out of it for a few years, but I couldn't imagine being in that situation, being isolated from everyone. You're already was isolated from friends, family before. And now that you're in this lockdown and you have nowhere to go, it's like, what do I do now? Where do I find the resources? It is very, very difficult to get help and to track this stuff now that there are restrictions in place. Mm -hmm. You know, people can't travel the way they used to. Um, and in a lot of states still, and, you know, it just makes things much more complicated for a lot of people. And so, you know, one of the things we've decided to do is to pivot our content strategy from just talking about those 10 signs to talking about what it could look like during COVID. Um, for the healthy signs, our 10 healthy signs and our 10 unhealthy signs. And that's something I meant to mention actually in the start of the video. We have these um, yeah. 10 signs of healthy and unhealthy relationships that we teach people and is really the cornerstone of our education. So we essentially created these resources for people so that they can kind of see what, you know, this might look like during COVID. Um, just to help them further understand that. And then of course we do have other resources um, on our page, the real-time resources page, which has a ton of different partners of ours that you can contact via online or via text if you really need to get help for your situation. Yeah, exactly. And I love that you mentioned these 10 signs. Could you briefly touch on what they are? Of course, you don't have to go into crazy depth, um, but I know a lot of people, there's some of these 10 signs that people don't know of. So although unhealthy behaviors can manifest in a relationship in a lot of different ways, we found that in talking to people, survivors who have been through this, that there are a few signs of an unhealthy relationship that or patterns of abuse that continuously come up for people. Mm -hmm. And so we created these 10 signs of unhealthy and then 10 signs of healthy to kind of mirror what the opposite of these behaviors could look like um, for people to learn more on their own. Um, so for example, the 10 signs of unhealthy are intensity, um, possessiveness, manipulation, isolation, sabotage, belittling, guilting, volatility, deflecting responsibility and betrayal. And the 10 healthy signs of a relationship are comfortable pace, trust, honesty, independence, respect, equality, kindness, taking responsibility, healthy conflict, and fun. And you know, it's, it's interesting because we've been doing this for a while now and it's always incredible to hear people's stories because even when you were telling me your story, I can literally see the progression of the unhealthy and I can see our unhealthy signs in the relationship, <laughs> <laughs> you know, from the manip manipulation to the isolation, to the deflecting responsibility, it's all there. Um, so I really highly encourage people to go on our website and to learn more about these signs because this is, 
actually just knowing them and being aware of it, it's an education in and of itself. So yes. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's so it's very true because um, even when I was going through, like I said earlier, I was finding out like the terms and definitions of things that I didn't realize were a thing. And now I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, I did experience that. And I feel like if people knew what these signs were, even if they didn't go into a full in-depth, you know, one love workshop or anything, just from those 10 signs, you can see you'll, it's going to be clear when you see it because you'll understand what they mean and what to look for. And that goes for whether you're in one or even if a friend of yours is in one, because I mean, just like Yardley, no one knew that she was in it, but now that they have these 10 signs and understand what they are, they know what to look for. Or if they see something that's not quite right, then they can offer their support or their help in whatever way they can to really help them get out of that situation. Correct. And on Instagram, you know, on our Instagram at join one love, we have been sharing periodically what those signs look like the healthy and the unhealthy during COVID, you know, so for example, intensity, right, is when, you know, your relationship probably progresses at a pace that it's a little uncomfortable for yourself or for your partner. Um, The opposite of that is comfortable pace, by the way, you know, during COVID intensity, instead of just going at your relationship going at a pace that is uncomfortable to you it it might look like hmm it might look like you your partner asking you to move in sooner than you would like you know what i'm saying that's mm-hmm. that's an example of of intensity um or a relationship escalating faster than normal it might be your right. partner you know expecting you to text or call them all the time um during this crisis um when you don't really want to or you need a little bit of space um that's an example of intensity and then the opposite you know which is comfortable uh pace is giving everyone you know space to adjust to this new normal including yourself and of course not feeling pressured to see or move in with a partner um if you don't really want to mm-hmm it's so amazing to see that there's this information out there telling people like people are like trying to make you move in, but if you don't want to, like, that's not okay. Like you don't need to just fall into it. You know what I mean? Um, Exactly. There's just so many manipulation um, and gaslighting that happens in relationships. And what you said was really important. My feelings are real. And I think that's important because when you're in an unhealthy relationship, you know, your partner is basically keeping you on unsteady, right? Always walking on eggshells. And so you learn not to trust your feelings, right? This person Mm -hmm. is constantly in your ear telling you, you don't actually feel that way, or you shouldn't feel that way, or you should feel bad about doing that. You know what I'm saying? And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's important for people listening to this, who are experiencing this, or who has to know that, you know, what you're feeling is valid. (laughs) It's so valid. valid. If you don't want to move in with someone, you do not have to, if you don't want to move faster with someone you don't have to um if you don't even want to if you don't want to send a picture to your partner you don't have to exactly you don't have to do anything. So if someone's in your life, whether that's a partner or a friend, mm-hmm. or, you know, in some cases we don't really talk too much about this, but even a family member, if exactly. it, mm-hmm. that's a little bit more complicated, but if someone's in your life, a family or a, fr- uh, a friend or a partner that's making you feel like you have to do certain things, then that's a red flag. Um, just straight up red flag. You should be aware that that that's something that, you know, is not okay. Exactly. Yeah. And I love the fact that you brought up that it doesn't have to be just someone you're in a relationship with. It could be a friend. It could be a family member. 
of course, all of it looks different, but don't feel like just because they're your friend or your family that these aren't the same issues that are occurring, like when it comes to relationship as well. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And I know that One Love has resources, of course, on that information as well. Yeah. Anyone who tries to control your decisions um, or your emotions is manipulating you and it's not okay. And I know that happens, that has happened quite a bit this year among friends who maybe aren't taking the pandemic as seriously as other friends and are like gaslighting their friends or pressuring them to hang out with them when they don't want to or don't feel Mm -hmm. like it's safe. There's so many different ways that you can be manipulated. So it's important to realize that it doesn't have to be a romantic partner. It could be anyone. (laughs) And knowing exactly what it is, because even it might seem so simple, like, oh, just come hang out. Like, even though we're, we should be home, like protecting friends and family or like wearing masks. I know everyone has a lot of different opinions on that as well. Um, But even something as minute as that, that you think, oh, I guess this one time is fine. Like that's still manipulating you into something that you particularly may or may not want to do. So, you know, it's just crazy how something so small, it may seem like can lead up to something way bigger in the end, because that's going to continue to happen. If they're trying to manipulate you now into like doing different things it's just going to keep progressing and people like that's kind of what happened in my relationship the more he was able to manipulate me the more that he did it so it just keeps building from there yes and it starts with people not respecting your boundaries yes Yes. it's important to set boundaries I've never even thought about setting boundaries at all until after all of this Uh, (laughs) yes You know, we often talk about boundaries in the context of healthy sex, um, Mm -hmm. because that's when it often comes up the most, to be honest. Um, And, you know, boundaries are just such an important thing. People talk about it. People don't often talk about how to set them or what they are exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important for people to know when they listen to this is one thing to know is that we're setting boundaries with people all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time throughout the day, um, throughout the year, throughout the week, you are setting boundaries with people and the people you're interacting with are either respecting those boundaries or they're not, right? So if your boundary is you don't like to be touched, you know, you don't want to be hugged, you don't want to be touched anywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, you set that boundary with people, you have no problem saying like, hey, you know, I don't prefer hugs or something like that. Um, And you expect people to um, respect that. And it's the same in a relationship. It's, it's the exact same in a relationship. If you tell your partner, for example, that you're in class from like, I don't know, um, noon till 2.30 and you can't really text them back at that time, exactly. you set those boundaries and you should expect that they respect those boundaries that you created for yourself, you know? Yeah. Through all of this, I'm hoping that we can teach people that because that seems simple to respect. Like if I'm in class, like I can't text you, but if you don't set that boundary then they're not going to respect it. It's a huge deal when you set boundaries like that and your partner doesn't respect them. Mm -hmm. Um, That is cause for concern, not to raise any um, (laughs) alarms, but you know, it should, you should have a conversation with them about that. Like, what's that about? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you not respecting what I'm asking you to do? It's a very simple thing to ask someone not to text you during certain times and it should be respected. And the escalation of that is, you know, when a partner tries to blame something else for their behavior, 
So yeah. you, I'm just thinking about your example about like your partner sending you a barrage of questions, you yeah. know, really it's an interrogation <laughs> that they're giving you. <laughs> um, and what we find oftentimes is like when someone on the receiving end of that sort of behavior kind of confronts them in a healthy way, you'll notice that unhealthy partners will often have some sort of excuse Mm-hmm. for why they're behaving this way. Oh, I'm going through this and that's why I feel like I need you right now. Or there's yeah. always an excuse for why they're behaving the way they're behaving. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be. <laughs> exactly. It's either an excuse or blaming you for yes. why they're acting that way. And it has nothing to do with you. And it's crazy how someone can manipulate you into thinking it is your fault when it literally has nothing to do with you, especially in times of like cheating, for example. They love to talk about how, oh, it's your fault. It's your fault. But really, that has nothing to do with you. So if you're in a situation like that, for anyone who's listening right now, thinking that it's your fault that someone cheated on you, don't let that creep into your brain because it's 100% not true. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) has nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. So another thing that I kind of wanted to touch on was I hear this a lot from One Love, that love is learned. Could you speak a little bit about what that means? Yeah. So this idea of love is learned really grew out of this, our um, position that everyone can love better right? And so we came out with this entire Love Better campaign last year, which did amazing. People Mm -hmm. love the Love Better campaign, but we realized we needed some sort of follow-up that explains the how to do that. (laughs) Yeah. So just like we explained the gray area between love and abuse, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, That escalation of abuse, we really wanted to explain that how to be better. And we realized that, you know, in order to love better, you have to understand that love is learned in the first place. And that, you know, there is no magic formula to make you a better partner. It takes consistency. You have to be intentional about being better. um, And you have to learn and apply our signs um, of healthy love, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We also love to say that (laughs) I think a lot of people grow up thinking like, hey, did I miss it? part in school where they taught everyone how to love. And it's like, no, you know, something that's important to call out here is that no one is absolutely no one learns how to love well. No one learns how to have a healthy relationship with a partner or a friend. And and that's not an excuse to be abusive, but it certainly is something to sort of call out here, you know, that we're never taught how to love. And so love is learned is really about kind of doing that education for people, teaching them, Um, how to do it well and and hoping that they learn to love better in the future. Yeah. And I think that's so important because you do not learn. The way we learn about it is through our experiences. And there's a lot of people who have very negative experiences and they use that as the excuse of why they act a certain way or they treat people a certain way. I just think it's ever more important to have this message be given to all these people. And it just makes me like, as you were talking about how we don't learn this, we don't learn this. It just makes me want to like go to go into schools and be like, okay, today's lesson is on how to love better. Well, we sort of get, I don't want to say, I say the word education lightly. Mm -hmm. We get an education and love in life, as you said, um, from the the relationships we see in our lives with our parents, with our friends, on television and music. I think the problem is these early examples of love are not always accurate. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not always healthy. Um, Just because you grew up a certain way doesn't mean that that's actually the healthy way of being. Exactly, Um, yeah. 
you know, the, the sign that comes to mind for me personally is healthy conflict. I grew up with a very toxic example of how to handle conflict that I've had to sort of unlearn over time and I'm still really unlearning as time progresses. That's why it's important to analyze the messages um, that we're receiving about love, whether it's from our favorite television show that we're currently binging on Netflix, hey, uh, <laughs> or whether it's from our favorite musician, you know, hello, Ariana Grande. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Hold the whole Hold up. <laughs> I was literally, as soon as you started bringing in the fact that we learn a lot about love through media and through music, I all of a sudden was like immediately Ariana Grande because yeah. in her newest album, she actually legit states, it was something along, I'm unlearning the wrong way of loving. It was something like that. It, that's definitely not what it was, but it's along those lines. But it's just so crazy how there's a lot of artists out there who paint this picture of what love should be. And really, that's not how it should be or what people should ex be experiencing. And it's so heartwarming to see that people who have been through something like that using their platform to really talk about how I'm even having to unlearn all of the unhealthy things that I've been through. So, yes, Ariana Grande was the first person that popped in my head when you started talking about that. Uh, I think, I yeah, I think another good example that we love to talk about in terms of uh, healthier examples of love um, is Selena Gomez. She's yeah. talked a bit about her experience with unhealthy relationships. Yeah. And oh my gosh. We, I think we love her here at One Love. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm glad you said that too, because when her, when she, because of course she kind of went dormant for a while where yeah. nobody heard from her at all. Like there was nothing going on. And then that first song that came out, Lose You to Love Me, I literally. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, the chills, the feels, everything that could come with it. I was like, I can relate to this 100%. And then she she did the Lose You to Love Me. And it was like this heartfelt song of how I had to get rid of you out of my life to start learning to love myself better. And then the next song that came out, the next single, um, Look at Her Now and the way that she has just flourished ever since she got out of that situation. I was like, you're just writing a song about my entire life. Thank you. <laughs> so relatable. Like there, nothing compares to the, the glow up you have when you've left an unhealthy relationship. Yes. Nothing compares. You, you're just thriving, honestly thriving in all sorts of ways and whenever I start talking about it and just the way that I've been able to transform <laughs> is just phenomenal like I wouldn't be doing anything I would not even be talking to you right now had I not had that courage to leave and to start just moving forward in life and now I have this platform of my own that I've created to help talk about this stuff and really get it out into the world and I'm so glad that I have one love here I did want to mention, we do have blog posts on this subject, how music sometimes, you know, perpetuates unhealthy um, beliefs about around love. I myself wrote an article about, because I'm a hip hop fan, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> around how some of my favorite artists have perpetuated some really unhealthy ideas around love. We do dissect even some lyrics from Taylor Swift and of course, Selena Gomez and Thank You Next, which was my favorite last year or the year before, Ariana Grande. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. It's a healthy breakup song, it is. Um, in my opinion. Like she, she goes through so many things in that song that I was just like, oh my God, this is actually goals. It's, she doesn't spill tea, right? Mm -hmm. She doesn't throw shade. She's yep. just like, thank you for all the lessons I've learned. I'm focused on me. 
next. Yes. Like I thought, I was like, this is great. <laughs> okay. It doesn't get any better. And I actually, now that you bring that up, I remember seeing a blog post about the bachelorette whenever Hannah Brown was the bachelorette and Luke, the behaviors that he possessed in terms of intensity and like, oh, you're the only one and like all this crazy stuff that was going on and having someone sit down and dissect what it was that was unhealthy about that situation was really nice because yeah, you watch that show and you're just like, drama the drama you love it but then really when it comes down to it like that's a huge deal and shouldn't be taken lightly you know it's interesting because we typically don't focus on people we always always focus on behaviors but we did for that particular season feel like you know there were some behaviors here that we could definitely unpack a little bit more for our audience because mm-hmm. you know the one love audience is not just there for the drama i mean we leave it up to some of our favorite media outlets to talk about the drama at one love you're going to get the unhealthy behavior and what it means um and so we used it as an opportunity to really get into some of that stuff and yeah luke don't know him in person (laughs) don't know him in real life (laughs) but he displayed some really unhealthy behaviors towards hannah and i thought it was really important for us to kind of unpack what those were and what that means and so on and so forth so the shout out to all of our bachelorette fans out there You know, I think one of the things that we often hear from people is one of the myths of domestic violence and relationship abuse is that it only happens to women. And that's not true. It happens to all Mm -hmm. genders. And so I definitely think that you'll see if you watch The Bachelor that these unhealthy behaviors are mirrored in some of the female contestants. And so I definitely want to make sure I watch that and unpack it for our audience. Yes, that'd be good. It's easy for especially us as women to think, oh, women are always a victim, but that's not true either. And there's different ways that it shows up in a man's life rather than ours. Can you give us your best advice to someone who may be listening or knows of a friend that may be going through an unhealthy relationship right now? What is the best thing that they can do to help get out of that situation or start to learn ways to cope with those types of things? So if you're the person in an unhealthy relationship and you realize you're in an unhealthy situation, I think the first thing you need to do is go over to our website, jointhelove.org slash get help. Um, go to our real-time resources page um, and connect with one of our resources, um, one of our partners for support. Because depending on how severe your situation is, you don't want to just leave, um, actually. And I think that one of the first things people typically say is to just leave. And that's not actually yeah. the safest thing to do. So you do want to connect with these resources because they'll be able to help you create a safety plan that's essentially created just for you and your situation and help you kind of navigate how to leave safely, especially if you happen to be quarantining with that person. They'll help you think of everything you need to think of, Mm -hmm. create lists, create a plan so that you can safely leave and um, have a, a safety network around you when you do. So I think that's the first step. Definitely, if you realize you're in an unhealthy relationship, connect to one of our resources, create a safety plan, and then go from there. You don't want to just ever just leave a situation because, you know, what we found is abusive partners will often kind of lash out once they lose control and you want to be prepared for what that could possibly look like. If you are a friend who is helping a friend in an unhealthy relationship, I do want to kind of reiterate that, you know, I think 
as friends, we just want to fix a situation. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We just want to, we want to make it better. And so we'll often go to, oh, just leave. And again, there's so many other factors that you have to take into account before someone just leaves. There are many reasons why people don't just leave (laughs) in a healthy relationship. So there's a whole learning around that that needs to be done as well. But I think the most important thing you could do as a friend is be a support system. Listen to your friend have conversations, expect lots of conversations with them before they're able to do anything about their relationship. Be careful not to mirror the unhealthy signs that they may be experiencing from their partner. You're there as a support, not to control or to dominate the situation. So again, talk to them about what you see in their situation, how you feel like things have changed for them. You know, make sure you're explaining why you're concerned, where you're concern is. Make sure not to bash their partner, right? Well, we often see that when friends bash their friend's unhealthy partner, a person's instinct is to defend their relationship. And we don't yeah. want them to, we don't want to put people in a situation where they're defending their relationship or their behaviors they're experiencing. We just want to be there to support and understand. So continued conversations, arm yourself with as much information as possible, which you can find at joinonelove.org slash get help. Talk to your friend about it. And when they're ready to take action, be there for them when they're ready to take action and make sure they create a safety plan. It's better to be safe than sorry. And so, you know, be over-prepared versus under-prepared for how this might play out for them. Yeah, perfect advice. I'm so excited for everyone to hear that because it's tough when it comes down to that moment when you're like, all right. I see that you're in the situation or yourself, you see that you're in that situation and realize what am I supposed to do now? What am I going to do? And then you can't just act drastically. You have to make sure you're prepared for what's coming. (laughs) This has been such an amazing interview. If you're inspired by this conversation and want to learn more, definitely check us out at joinonelove.org. Like I said before, we have an entire education center that you can sign up for. It's all free. All of our content is free. Um, You can sign up to learn more about healthy and unhealthy relationships, our 10 signs, and to see our incredible video content and be able to sort of become a facilitator if you would like to bring this conversation to your community, to your high school, to your college, and beyond. Also, one thing I wanted to mention is we are in the middle of a campaign, a giving campaign. Um, So if you would like to donate to us so that we can continue to keep these resources free, please do so at joinonelove.org slash donate. You can learn more about Love is Learned by following our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter page. On Instagram, we are joinonelove, and that's join the number one and love (laughs) Mm -hmm. on Facebook. We're One Love Foundation and um, same on Twitter. So definitely check us out there. You'll see so many different types of content that we have, you know, around COVID and how to navigate that when you're in a toxic relationship to healthy love and what that means to other people, to student videos. There's just so many different types of content. So definitely follow us. We'd love to have you. I know every single day I see something, I'm like, oh, I'm sharing that to my story. I'm sharing this. And even if you you follow them and you see something that speaks to you, please share it because I'm sure of all the followers that you might have for those who are listening, someone, one in three women, one in four men, and you said one in- Yes, one in two trans or non-binary people. Yeah, 
there's someone in your following that's experiencing relationship abuse right now and they need this information. So please share, share, share and share this episode as well with them because there's a lot of information here that you can grab and hopefully implement into your life. So thank you so much, Delisa, for being here. It has been such a great interview and I know that so many are going to be inspired by this and so many are going to learn so much from this. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. I'm so very excited um, about this episode and for all the people we're going to be able to help here. Hey girl, thank you so much for listening and allowing me to be a part of your journey and living your courageous life. I am so incredibly grateful you are here. And if this podcast has brought some value into your life, please share it with your friends or someone you know who needs that extra encouragement today. If you are feeling extra inspired, please head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. I love you all so, so much. And until the next episode, remember to always live courageously.